For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Friday. If you'd like to be part of the program today, all you have to do is dial. 1-800, what do I say, 1-800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And yes, indeed, the news of the day continues. As always, so much news. We'd love to hear from you, whatever's on your mind this afternoon. And let us start, my friends, uh, here locally in a story that I'm sure many of you have already heard about or talked about. And that is with this convicted sex offender who cold-cocked a man on the Bronx Street, left this guy in a coma with brain injuries. Yesterday, he was freed without bail. So he's already been a, he's a convict already, a felon, out on the streets, out of nowhere, for no reason... He cold cocks a guy, almost kills him, left the guy in a coma. And yet and still, the judge that dealt with this, the Bronx District Attorney, they lowered the charges, assault and harassment, both misdemeanors. This was attempted murder. Attempted murder. And he got away with it so far. At least he's not spending time in jail. He's not even have didn't even have to post bail. And you wonder, I wonder, what kind of people are these judges? Do they not understand the situation here in the city? Do they care? Do they not? And then these district attorneys, how can they look? How can they go home to their own families? and look at their own children, and look at their wives and their husbands and not wonder, gee, what have happened to my family? 
What if it happened to someone that I love? How would how would you like this person to be treated? I don't know. Uh, we had some interesting political news. And, of course, later today, shortly, actually, I cannot wait. It's Friday. That means the Princess of Policy, Diana Me, will join us. But, actually, Mitch McConnell raised some heads earlier pretty much suggesting that the quality of candidates that are running for the Senate aren't up to snuff. And he's warning us, therefore, you know, we might still lose the Senate because, you know, quality control issue here. We might not win. And I wonder, I wish he would name names and tell us who he's talking about that he thinks are the horrible candidates. Molly Hemingway wrote a brilliant piece in The Federalist about that today. There's a GOP candidate in New York. This story, I think, was in American Wire. Checking right now. Yes, it is in American Wire news today. About a GOP candidate from New York who called on Merrick Garland, says he should probably be executed. Later on in the, uh, in the, <clears throat> later on in the interview, he, took the, he walked it back a little bit, saying he was being fatuous. But the words did come out of his mouth. That would be none other than Carl Palladino. The entire New York Republican establishment is so afraid of Carl Palladino because he's wealthy, he's well-connected. This guy, this is just the latest. Remember in 2016, he referred to Michelle Obama as a man said he would like her to be let loose in the outback of Zimbabwe, where she lives comfortably in a cave with Maxie the gorilla. In the past, he scorned those damned Asians and other foreigners. In the story uh, today about his latest words, During the 2015 rally, I mentioned that he scorned the damn Asians. The story says, yeah, he's got a habit of running his mouth, but so do leftists. Except when leftists run their mouths, nobody seems to notice. When this guy runs his mouth, it gets reported. What good does it do? He's still running. You think of him what you want to think of him. I've gone as far as I'm going to go. By just repeating the news story, you judge for yourself whether you think that he's a viable or should be a viable candidate for anything. You know, people want to know why it is that Republicans sometimes get some of the criticism that they get. Most of it is unfair. Most of it is dramatically unfair. But then, every once in a while, you hear from guys like this. Uh, UC Berkeley, ladies and gentlemen, has decided to ban white guests, white people, from the common areas in one of their theme houses. It's called the Person of Color Theme House. White guests are not allowed in. This is Berkeley. This is a major California university. Repeat the line. You... See Berkeley's co-op called Person of Color Theme House bans 
white guests from common areas. Are you kidding me? An off-campus co-op for students. After University of California, Berkeley named the Person of Color theme house as banned white guests from entering common areas of the house. A list of house rules revealed that the occupants were told many POC, people of color, moved here to be able to avoid white violence and presence. So respect their decision of avoidance if you bring white guests. So if you bring a white guest, apparently you can bring them to your room, but they're not allowed to be seen in the common areas of the house. You have to keep your white guests hidden. Stupid wokeness. I wonder what would what do you think the reaction would be if number one if there was a sorority house or a house at Berkeley called the white people's house that's just number one and then if people were told and by the way no blacks allowed in the common areas if you bring somebody black here hide them we don't want to see them in the, because we want to get away from black violence. How do you suppose that would be treated on the news? What do you think? What do you think? Do you think everyone would just be saying, oh, that's just those college kids again? Oh, they're just being woke. Do you really think that would be the reaction to it? What do you think would be the reaction? The house was set up as part of Berkeley Student Cooperative, a program designed to bring affordable housing to students in California Bay Area and aims to provide housing to low-income, first-generation, immigrant, and marginalized students of color. So here you have subsidy housing that's meant to help the poor, to help the poor, to help first-generation immigrants, low-income people. And what do they do? They say white people are not welcome. This is at a college, a major university in America. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Congresswoman, has introduced a bill that would make gender-affirming care for transgender youth, for young transgenders, a felony. Now, I mention that because a little bit later, after Princess died, we are going to speak with Todd Herman. Todd Herman is a dear friend of mine, but more importantly than that, Many of you recognize the name Todd Herman as one of the amazing guest hosts that for a few years sat sat in for Rush Limbaugh when Rush Limbaugh was out. Todd is an extremely capable individual as far as the broadcaster is concerned. But more importantly, he was the first person that I ever heard bring up this business of this gender affirmation. And in fact, <laughs> in fact, when he brought it up, I was telling Todd, come on, you can't go with this stuff on the air here. This is when I was producing Russia's show because most of the audience won't know what you're talking about. This stuff is not really in the news that much. That was just a few short years ago. And now, of course, we can't escape it in the news. So we'll have uh, words with Todd Herman, too. And, of course, your calls are going to be a very, very big part of today's program. We've got a lot more news to go through. This liberal author, have you heard? He's fairly famous in the world of uh, the the literary folks. Who says that uh, Hunter Biden could have had corpses in his house. I don't care. 
He said, yeah, there was a conspiracy to, to defeat Trump, to deny Donald Trump in 2020. But he says he supported censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story because it helped Joe Biden win. And that's the point. He said at that point, Hunter Biden literally could have had the corpses of children in his basement. I would not have cared. This is what this liberal author, Sam Harris, neuroscientist and author, during an interview on a trigonometry, it's called the Trigonometry Podcast. Hunter Biden could literally, could literally, not figuratively, literally, could have had the corpses of children in his basement. I would not have cared. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, Princess Di will join us. It's Friday, and we will be here, by the way, tomorrow, 7 a.m. for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. But we've got a lot of fun and a lot of serious discussion yet to go here on our Friday Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Don't go away. Roger, roger. Well, we're having some technical difficulties, so we're not going away, as it turns out. Okay. This is the one that I said I wanted to get to. This is a story in the Washington Post today. Trump's next Mar-a-Lago move will escalate his supporters' rage. This is by the columnist Greg Sargent who is forecasting, he says, no matter what, when it comes to Mar-a-Lago, there's going to be no appeasing Donald Trump and his most fervent supporters. That would be many of you and I. There will be no point at which they acknowledge that any law enforcement activity related to the court-approved search of the former president's home is legitimate. Well, Greg, because it wasn't legitimate. Because it was just another in a political act followed by a series of actions that have all been political by the J6 committee, by the Biden administration, and by this corrupt DOJ. A lot of people, by the way, are taking offense with us calling the DOJ corrupt. We'll have more of that, too. We'll try this again. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Ah, yes, I know the moment that you look forward to, certainly the moments I look forward to, (laughs) when Her Highness graces us with her keen intellect and sharp wit (laughs) and tears apart the liberal arguments with the skillful surgical precision <laughs> that only she possesses. And so it is that we welcome once again before us our Majesty, our very own Princess Di. Welcome, Your Highness. How are you this afternoon? <laughs> that always makes me laugh. How are you, Sir James? I am doing really, really well in some ways. Okay. I'm doing well because there are, in the midst of everything else, like this McConnell story that he's not satisfied with the uh, quality of people running from the Senate. <laughs> I wish he'd name names. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, seriously, who are they? Tell us who you think well, the, the losers are, was. Mitch. That's, it's all the MAGA candidates that are the nominees that he is really not happy with. His people did not win. So he's pouting. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what Molly Hemingway said. He's having a temper tantrum. Yeah. It's true. She took him apart. That was such a woodshed taking. I enjoyed every word. And yet, very classy. It was constructive criticism. She was advising him how he should encourage and lead the party, which, of course, I don't expect. But it was an excellent piece, and everyone should read it. Right. Okay, so we've got another piece today about the Constitutionists and, of course, the old gray lady, the New York Times. And this is an unusual. This gets to the heart, I think, of what many liberals really think but won't say. The uh, Dr. Ryan Dorfler. Dorfler. Dorfler, right. (laughs) And Samuel Moyne. The Constitution is broken. It's broken and should not be reclaimed. Let's stop trying to pretend that this Constitution works. Let's get rid of this damn thing once and for all so we can stop all this nonsense. That's the way that I'm reading their take on it, you know. It is right. Very accurate take on it. It is so funny, this piece, because you and I remember for most of our political awareness of life, we've heard the left demand a living constitution. Right. The constitution right. is a living document. A that living is, that document. Is, right. Well, that is out the window. And it reminds me of what Dr. Walter Williams always said. How about you and I play poker and let the rules be living? Which <laughs> immediately you know how this would never work. You cannot have living war, uh, rules that change at the whim of the people involved. But they've thrown that out altogether now. We have to get rid of the Constitution. We don't need it to be living. We don't need it to be, you know, something that we work with. And the reason is that they are looking at something very encouraging to me in that it's for 50 years, they said, the left has been trying to get, you know, their ideas to work with the Constitution. And we've, according to the writers, have not made any progress which tells you how enduring the Constitution actually is. It has been, you know, attempted to. There's an amendment process, which they never try and use because it's hard, but it has been attempted to be ignored, but it still stands there, and it's still uh, in effect. And even though the left has been trying to make it living, has tried all kinds of tactics, it is still there. And the interesting thing is uh, Tom Sowell had four what questions, what you would always ask if a liberal came up with an idea. The four what questions are compared to what, at what cost, what is the evidence, and this is the last question that I think we have to ask these two law professors. And then what? You get rid of the, the Constitution – And then what? And in this piece, they describe how you have to add states. You have more states. You're going to you're going to pack the union. You're going to add more states. You're going to get rid of the Senate. You're going to get rid of the Electoral College. So basically, you don't have you know, you get rid of the founding document. There is no America, which is exactly Exactly what they want. want. Get rid of America. Get rid of America as as Russ used to say, get rid of America as founded. As founded. 
Exactly right. And this piece is really, you know, sort of valley girl reasoning. It's like the Constitution is so old and we just can't work with it anymore and we should just get rid of it. I mean, that is the the level of thinking that these people have. The Constitution is old. It helps the right wing. And, you know, we need to just just dismiss it, throw it in the garbage. It's not going to work. I just love that article, and I love your analysis of it. Now, the second one, I was on the floor. I was on the floor in stitches when I read this one. The Democrats are now, they are, the liberals in the media are beside themselves. They are whining. They are moaning. They are gnashing their teeth. They are upset because Republicans, some of them, are no longer inviting these liberal journalists to their events. In fact... They're keeping them out purposely. We're having events. It's my party. You can't come. Okay? And so now, all of a sudden, these liberals who for years and years have been doing nothing but trashing Republicans, they go to events, they trash them, they, no matter who it is. So now, at like this uh, a summit, the Sunshine Summit in Florida, the organizers said, eh, you're not allowed. We don't want you here. This is for, we will pick the publications and we will pick the media that we will allow in. And you leftists aren't invited. And these people are having a cow. It is so delicious. And I have to say, I just would love to get Russia's reaction to this. Oh, me too. He has been basically advising this for decades. decades and you know why do you put yourself in this position republican or conservative that you're kissing up to these people who hate you who are never going to treat you fairly and the republicans had done it you know as long as we were analyzing politics and all of a sudden in the last year and i think led by DeSantis's uh, media person, Christine Pushow, I don't know how you say her last name, P-U-S-H-A-W, she has been on a tear, just literally does not care what the media says, thinks, and she is just not having it. She makes them basically play fair, and she ignores them when they don't. And she puts on Twitter what their emails are to her, makes them look bad, and clearly she has gotten the okay from DeSantis because he does not care what the media says, the New York Times, the Washington Post. He wants to get his message to the people, and whoever is going to treat him fairly, he will talk to them. And he's told, he told people even like The View, oh, no, my staff didn't even bother telling me about that because they know I'd never go on that show. And he doesn't yeah. mind that. Exactly. And so all of a sudden, though, now this is dangerous for the for the for the it's dangerous for our democracy not to have the liberal press covering an event and to only have a a press that is supposedly friendly to an event. Now, now, I will say this. I think that there is something to be said for for having critics. okay, and for and for legitimately engaging in critics. But that's not the mainstream press. The mainstream yeah. said they are not critics. They are just a political appendage of the Democrat Party. That's all they are. They are just stand-ins for their bosses at the at the at the party. So right. I don't mind one bit. I remember that. Remember the the CPAC. The, the, I mean, the, no, the, the the speech that he did to the incoming members of Congress. 
when they first took over in 1994. And he told these Republicans, look, you're going to go to Washington. Cokie Roberts is going to bat her eyes, lashes at you. And and, and then you're going to think, oh, my goodness, she's my friend. She won. And no, she's not your friend. They don't love you. They want to destroy you. And it is the same today. These leftists want to destroy conservatives. And I, for one, applaud this move. Finally, we're getting a little bit hip and saying to these liberals in the press, kiss butt. You guys aren't invited to our party anymore. About time. And the interesting thing is this is not going to hurt a single Republican or conservative who treats the press this way. It is going to help because we have been waiting for someone to defend our positions as conservatives and as Republicans in the media. And it's never happened because our representatives have been so obsequious and have been kissing the rings and apologizing for our positions that all of a sudden you've got this start of a new kind of, and I think a lot of it is due to the MAGA attitude, the Make America Great Against Wing, again, Wing, and they will not take the crap that has been thrown at us for so many years. Now, see, ladies and gentlemen, this is the perfect example of why I love Her Majesty. She can use words like obsequious (laughs) and crap in the same sentence. Oh dear, I didn't even notice that. I, I, I can't do that. My mother isn't listening. <laughs> Princess Di, look forward tomorrow. Tomorrow's your day to tell us what's on your mind and what you've been reading interesting this week and all that stuff, okay? I cannot wait. I got a lot to tell you. Okay, great. Princess Di will join us tomorrow, both Nerdly's Rush Hour. Meanwhile, thank you, Your Highness. We'll be back. Todd Herman coming up. Your call's coming up. We've got a jam-packed show, so don't go away. Hour is on the air. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, we've been playing this all week. Otis Blackwell. All shook up. You know what? Babylon B, let's do it. The Babylon Bee, our friends over at the Babylon Bee, and we love the Babylon Bee. This is their parody song.
We'll do phones. I got a story. I got a story. California story. We'll do phones. Parody, wish we all could leave California now by our friends our friends at the Babylon Bee put that together. <clears throat> Speaking of California, California voters, according to recent polling, would like Gavin Newsom to run for president. They don't want Joe Biden and they don't want their very own Vice President Kamala Harris. She is trailing. California Democrats not convinced Biden should run again. And they think, and there's another story today, I didn't bother to print it out, that right now there's a campaign on, the campaign has begun to make Gavin Newsom the head of the Democrat, the de facto head of the Democrat Party, to start him challenging Joe Biden. Okay, we got him? Ladies and gentlemen, right now, my good friend Todd Herman joins us. Todd is does his own show out on the West Coast. Todd, you may remember, guest host of Rush Limbaugh for many, many years. And Todd, the reason I asked Todd to come on is because very early on, a few years ago, Todd did more research than anyone else that I knew in this business on what was going on with gender and and minors, particularly. And I'd just love to get his take on what's happening today. Todd, welcome. How are you? Welcome to Boston Early's Rush Hour. Oh, my dear friend, it is so good to talk with you. Thank you for having me on. What an honor. Um, yeah, it, it hit us. Washington State. I had listeners coming to me, telling me nightmare stories. I dug into it. Uh, then I've disclosed on my own show, um, or at the ToddHermanShow.com, that my family and I went through an adolescent and family uh, long journey through mental health. And what we saw was counselors and therapists and doctors and teachers pushing this on children and making the parents the problem. And as I did the research, I learned that this was top-down, extraordinarily well-funded, from the Pritzker family to the Thomas Reuters Foundation to some of the largest law firms on earth, um, completely focused on doing an end around the voters and going through the bureaucracies and and even the libraries. The the drag queen story time stuff that came up was happening, and none of that was a coincidence. And, And sitting right at the center of that is... The, the, the wonderful Pritzker family, the governor of uh, Illinois and, and his brother, who uh, who now um, is medically uh, altered to look like a woman, uh, putting their funds behind this. So it is an extraordinarily well-funded, top-down uh, effort to change children's bodies and minds in society. Why? What is really behind all of this? People are wondering, okay, what's <clears> – <throat> let, me, let me just back up for a, mem- a moment. Um, two days ago, there was a story. This woman that's done a great job lives lives of TikTok. She has exposed uh, teachers in their own words. She's just brought it to light 
things that they've been saying, and she's exposed many of these people that have, like there's a Yale University professor bragging about how their program starts with the journey of genderism with three-year-olds from Yale University, right? Now, this woman at TikTok talked about Boston Children's Hospital, and she said that Boston's Children's Hospital, the story that she put out there was that they were doing um, hysterectomies on young people. She never put an age. The mainstream press jumped in and said that she was claiming that uh, Boston's Children's Hospital was operating on children under 18. She never said that. And then the hospital denied it and said that they were getting threats from these crazies all around the country. And Facebook promptly banned libs of TikTok. Today there's a story in the Daily Caller News Foundation. You can find it at bizpackreview.com. That, yes, doctors are performing sex change surgeries on kids. Boston Children's Hospital performs mastectomies on transgender minors as young as 15 years old. And previous guidance allowed vaginoplasty to be performed on 17-year-olds. This is documents that were uncovered by the Daily News, um, the Daily Caller News Foundation. And so, despite what they say, this is happening. And my question again to you is why? Why all of a sudden? Why? What is behind? We know who's behind it. You told us who's behind it. But why? Why are they doing this? Well, that that ranges uh, when you look at the, the parties that are behind this and you look at the, uh, the actors that are behind this. And, and I would tell your audience uh, that one of the reasons I was drawn to look into this is in the state of Oregon, um, they've been doing this uh, for uh, five years six years, and then they do it without parental permission. Uh, At the age of 13, you can get wrong sex hormones. At the age of 15, you can get surgery without parental permission, although the parents will be forced to pay. Same thing in Washington State. So the whys. Pritzker family moved a bunch of their money out of hotels and into medical devices and pharma. Uh, It happens that the Pritzker, who likes to say he is a woman, is also considers himself transhuman. So you have a pharma hookup in this, that they see a massive uh, amount of money to be made if people who've been conned into believing that they can change their sex. Um, And that's one element to this. The other element is power. When you take a group of people who are now reliant upon pharma for the illusion of who they are, no longer made in the image of God, but now in the image of pharma, they are now reliant upon a political group to begin to provide them that. So that then empowers the sexual left. Um, And at the center of all of this, and this is the most bizarre uh, for me and the the hardest to swallow, um, is a desire to have fewer people reproduce. The first time I heard that, I said, that's nuts. No one's doing that. That's pure insanity. Um, But now that I have experienced this and read into it, no, there is a great desire to reduce the human population. And people who are put on puberty blockers at the age of eight or nine, uh, despite what these people say that it's reversible, it's, it's, it's nonsense. They're using Lupron, which is designed to kill the prostate glands of, of cancer patients. Um, not approved for that use. It's not, you, can't, you can't go back in time and go through puberty. So there's that aspect to it. Uh, and then there's the good old-fashioned, because we can, we should. Uh, and that has to do with scientists who practice that ethos, because we can, we should. 
And where this ends uh, is is truly in the theater of the bazaar, but it's happening now. Um, you, know, you know, the good friends uh, in the Chinese Communist Party are practicing putting pig wombs um, in men so men can then have babies. And no harm could possibly come of that. What, what, what bad could come from a child being gestated in a pig womb in a male body? Goodness. There's, Todd, seriously, they're doing this? This isn't just some fantasy that... that, that, that... No, it's, it's very real. And, and what's, what I think parents must understand and grandparents must understand um, is that they view you as the great impediment to your child's ultimate freedom from being confined to the, 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 the biological sex that God gave them. That, that word, transgender, is a made-up and manufactured word uh, because it can mean anything from, for instance, this case um, in, in, in Washington state. A young man said, hey, call me a woman three or four months ago. Now he gets to sit in a locker room and watch little girls undress and use the bathroom. And when an 80-year-old woman confronts that young man who hasn't been altered in any way, she's the bad person. She's kicked out. That's that. This that happened, happened in a y, in YMCA. We covered it there. And by the way, the 80-year-old woman who actually objected to this biological man supervising girls, yep. when they use the bathroom, when they use the bathroom and in locker rooms, this 80-year-old woman was subject to a mob of so-called transgender activists trying to attack, at least intimidate her when she was holding a press conference last week. I spoke with a friend of mine who has fought this battle for a very long time named Lynn Chadwick. She was there. Um, These men had support. I've seen the pictures and the videos of the men that came out to support this. Pretty muscled up dudes who were pushing 60 and 80-year-old women to the ground, um, seizing the microphone from a black woman. Now, just imagine this. This is a black woman and a rape survivor who wants to say, I prefer not to have men observing me in the shower against my will. And she's not allowed to speak. And wouldn't you know it, the people pushing her to the ground and seizing the microphone are white men and probably from Seattle who bust themselves up to Port Townsend to go do this. So at every step of the way, one thing to understand is that logic doesn't apply. Compassion doesn't apply. We have, and it's, it's New York, it's California, it's Washington State, there are male rapists housed in female prisons. Yes. And in, in the state of Washington, the dictator of that state, Jay Inslee, has, they, they have wiped the record so you can't find the true sex of people in there. The ACLU has, has insisted on this. So the, the uber effect of all this plays right into what the left has wanted for a long time, which is the, the critical theory-based destruction of, of America. They're now down to the level of destroying the minds and the bodies of five-year-olds. But what this does to families, and this is the most devastating thing, and this is what I watched, and this is why I became so interested, is if you as a parent will not say to your 11-year-old daughter who walks into you and says, I'm a boy, if you do not say, yes, you are, let's get you chopped up and shot up, you're the problem, you're the bigot, and in states like Washington and Oregon, they'll come for you. And in other states, they'll come for your kids. You will lose your parental rights because you will not confirm a lie. We are living in frightening times. So I'm going to invite you back again. People need to hear more about this. You early on, and I, I, I mentioned, I told the story before, early on, 
this was years ago when you first started talking to me about these things. And Todd, I embarrassed to say I told you, look, Todd, we can't really cover this in depth yet in depth yet because the public isn't ready to hear a lot of these things. There's no we were we were on a national show. And all that would have done would have would have been to at that point, I thought, just bring fire down upon you. Needless fire. And of course, you're the guest host of the show. And we didn't want to take, I didn't want to take that risk with you as a guest host. We loved you guest hosting the show. Didn't want to have to embroil in any controversy, but you've been on this from day one. And I, I say again, ladies and gentlemen, this is probably the most knowledgeable broadcaster in America on what America is facing right now with these gender wars, so to speak. He's been on this for years. So we're going to have you back, Todd, if you don't mind. It would be an absolute honor, as always. Uh, it's just such great pleasure to hear your voice, and congratulations on what you've done with this program. It's just stellar. Thank you, my friend. Todd Herman, ToddHerman.com, ladies and gentlemen. We're coming back. Boston Early's Rush Hour Friday. Your call's coming up. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Culture Club. Oh, yeah. This, to me, Culture Club was one of the iconic groups of the 80s. And this is a masterpiece. Makes you want to go to the club, right, tonight? Just kind of dance it out? I thought I was already there. Oh, yes. That too. Oh, 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 oh. We have our first review on J-Lo's Booty Bomb. Oh, yeah? The husband wrote a review for us. We'll do it tomorrow, because time is running out. We'll do it tomorrow on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Yeah, interesting. Let's head to the telephones. Wilfredo and Elizabeth, a New Jersey. Welcome. How are you, Wilfredo? Hey, it's a pleasure to speak to you. Um, yeah, I wanted to speak about um, the John Fetterman. Um, I went to college with him back in 1987, and um, he treated me horribly while I was there. I was, I'm, you know, I'm from Newark, New Jersey, and, uh, you know. Okay, Wilfredo, I believe you, but here's the thing. I can't vet what you're saying, and so here's what I want to do. I can't do that. One of the things that I don't do is kind of personal stories like this where someone is attacking someone else, because you could be anybody, and it's not fair for me to put that on, so I don't know. I like to stick to politics. If the guy has some issues that you don't like, if the guy's running on something, let's talk about the issues. Let's not do personal attacks on anybody because, again, I can't bet you. I don't know who you are. I believe you, though. But, um, yeah, kind of a tough one. Look, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Jim in Brooklyn, New York. How are you, Jim? You're on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. How you doing, Bo? Great I'm good. talking to you. I listen to you all the time. Um, 
I just wanted to comment on the congestion pricing legislation. Oh, and man. it's going to be implemented at the end of next year if the powers that be get their wishes. I think it's a MTA money-grabbing scam. I think that this agency is responsible for taxpayer waste over the decades that runs into the millions of dollars on new construction projects as well as repair and maintenance. I've done my homework. I've looked at three reports, actually more, but I'll highlight crisis and transit maintenance. Connor Harris, the Manhattan Institute, July 2021, um, brings out maintenance overcharges. Another one actually describes the, the problem perfectly. New York Times, Brian Rosenthal, the most expensive mile of subway track on earth. A whole article on how they over, they've overspent, and they still are. And we have to give the MTA a billion a year for crossing over four bridges into a zone from 60th Street into Battery Park. It's a bunch of trash. It's I read the details of this congestion plan, and I'm going to tell you something. It will cripple this city's economy. It is going to cripple transportation. If you think getting around in New York City is tough now, you wait till they try to implement this monstrosity. New York is trying to grow its way out of Democrat-ruled COVID shutdown. This is the last thing that New York needs. And you are absolutely right. The money going over to the MTA. Look, this has been the fight all along. Mass transit or. And then they blame, they blame drivers for actually wanting to drive in when everybody and their mama's scared to get on New York City subways. Why? Because the criminals have been let loose by these liberals. This is a circle jerk, if there ever was one. It is a money grab. You are absolutely right. It is horrible policy. It will cripple the city. It will not do what they say it's going to do which is basically reduced. They've got so many elements of liberalism in this. It's supposed to be supposedly going to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. No, it's not. All you're going to do is move congestion elsewhere. And guess what? If you decimate the areas in this city, businesses are going to relocate elsewhere and people will go elsewhere. This is a horrible plan. Now, all that said, I'm in favor of the most elite, well, not elite, but I would be in favor of actually building up the subway and, and mass transit. I would love to see trains across America compete with trains in Europe and in China with high speed, but we don't have the ridership for that. People here are in love with their cars for a good reason. And you're not going to, I mean, have you ridden Amtrak? I ride Amtrak on occasion. I get on the auto train. I've ridden the auto train. I've done a bunch of things. Amtrak, it's, it needs help. But it doesn't uh, need uh, subsidy yeah. help. It needs, and they had a boost in ridership. There is so much more to this. But this congestion plan, our caller, Jim, is absolutely right. It is a disaster waiting to happen. And it's going to happen. Let's go to Bergen County. Thank you, Jim. And Mac. Mac, time's running out. Wanted to get you in. What's on your mind? Oh, uh, 
Uh, you really brought me back 65 years when I was 11, and my parents uh, gave me to my aunt and uncle uh, for a road trip to Florida. I took tobacco roads through Georgia and North Carolina, saw eight-year-old boys and girls, no socks, no shoes, rolling their own cigars, sitting on dilapidated front porches. And when we stopped for lunch, it said, no colored allowed, no colored people. Bathrooms for white people only. And as an 11-year-old boy, I questioned my uncle, who was a devout Catholic, and he tried to explain prejudice and racism to me. It seems to me with this campus in California, we're going back 65 years in reverse. I don't know if they're vengeful or they have no knowledge of history or they're just plain stupid. How about all of the above? As a check mark, I would go with the all of the above. Mac, thank you. I'm going to bring the story up again tomorrow. I'd love to hear what other people have to say about it as well. Uh, Zach, Times River, New Jersey, Times Fleeting. What's the point you'd like to make? Hi, Bo. It's a pleasure to speak to you. Um, I just want to say, as a black man, and you're a black man, I'm a white man, what happened to human man? And all I want to know is if I walk down the streets of New York and I clock somebody and knock them out as a white man, do I get out of jail free? Um, I don't know. This guy, by the way, wasn't an African-American. So he was, but he was a member of an ethnic group. And you have every right to ask that question because so much of Democrat Party politics revolves around race. And it is sickening. And I think most Americans of goodwill are tired of it. Hey, we're back tomorrow, 7 a.m. For both Snurley's Saturday morning radio extravaganza. I hope you're here too. We're going to have a blast tomorrow. Meanwhile, remember, catch it night up next. Keep it right here on WABC. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your families. We'll be back tomorrow morning, bright and early, 7 a.m. Hope you're here, too. Have your first cup of coffee with us tomorrow. We'll see you then. Bye. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore.